superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome into Fantasy Pros. This is the Fantasy Football Podcast. Tara Roberts here along with Pat Fitzmorris and Billy Muzio. And today is our ranking show. We'll be going through the Fantasy Pros rankings tiers for week five. Pat and Billy will be providing their thoughts on the players in each tier. And honestly, guys, there's no better pair to provide analysis on the rankings. Billy was the number four overall most accurate in-season fantasy football ranker in 2022 and has done consistently well in our accuracy competition. Fitz was the most accurate in-season weekly ranker in 2020 and has consistently been among the most accurate rankers in fantasy football. So obviously this is going to be fantastic having these two guys providing input on our rankings today. You can find Billy at FF Musio. You can find Pat at Fitz underscore FF and you can find me at It's Terra Time. So we're going to jump right into this because this is going to help you guys with your fantasy matchups this week. Before we get started, don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. Running backs. We have a ton to cover. So our top 20 players, you guys can take a look at them and our consensus rankings and tiers can be found on fantasypros.com slash rankings. And you can see the tiers on the video podcast at youtube.com slash fantasy pros as well. So head over there to be able to get a look at that. Now, this covers our A plus through our B players. And Billy, I'm going to I'm going to ask you what really stands out here in the top 20 players. Top 20 players. Uh, we still have uh, Kyron Williams still floating to the top and I, I love to see it. But I as Pat mentioned last week. Something's bound to change with the workload that Kyron Williams is getting. Uh, we're seeing his inefficiencies kind of shine through. Yes, he's still getting touchdowns, but at some point, something has to give. Um, smaller back, you know, we're seeing this offense kind of change, we're seeing possible return of Cooper Cup. Um, what is his his target share going to look like? You know, he was constantly in that 15 to 16% range. If he dips down to 10, it's going to take a big hit to his overall production where he loses a third of his targets. And so uh, this offense is going to be evolving here shortly, and I want to see what that does to Kyron Williams. Pat, what sticks out to you? Devon A. Chan, top 10, Tara. Let's go. Um, gotta love that. And uh, <laughs> love yeah, it. Billy mentioned Kyron Williams. He's a hard guy to rank. So is David Montgomery. Um, I've David Montgomery in high-end running back two range this week. And some people were kind of upset with me on Twitter. Like, why isn't he an RB1? I just don't know if you can count on him averaging 23 carries a game the rest of the way or getting into the end zone every single game he plays. So, um, you know, I do think... Obviously, we've had to recalibrate expectations for Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs, given their very different roles. But, uh, you know, Montgomery has been the beneficiary of some pretty positive game script for the Lions so far. Yeah, I, I agree. I know it's tough that David Montgomery and Jameer Gibbs. Um, but that's a good that's actually a great segue for us to kind of go into this uh, this B minus tier right here that has Ramondre Stevenson, Alexander Madison and Jameer Gibbs. So he is not that far off from David Montgomery. Um, let's see. We've got ECR that has him at RB23. Pat, you've got him at RB23. And Billy, you've got him at RB27. Billy, I'll start off with you. 
You not feeling Jameer Gibbs a little bit this week? I I love Jameer Gibbs as a talent, but they just refused to use him uh, after they took you know t- took him top twelve in the draft, and so we've seen them lean pretty heavily on on David Montgomery. Uh, I'm with Pat. I have David Montgomery uh, right there at, at like RB twelve this week, and so I think that. Uh, um, until they signal otherwise, we need to adjust the rankings and the projections accordingly. I was lower on Gibbs last week. I was minus five versus ECR just because the utilization and what they have actually shown is that um, he is not going to be the focal point of this offense. I mean, it's nice that he's been getting in that 14% target share, but now even that's in question because we saw Jamison Williams uh, get his suspension reduced after the NFLPA uh, just redid the uh, gambling policy with the NFL. So, Add in another mix in the receiving game, add up the lack of, of touches he's getting inside of the rushing department, and it's a bit concerning this week for Jameer Gibbs. Pat, are there what are the uh, are there any concerns around you? You're right at consensus, but again, we do have him as a low end RB two. We had that fantastic week. Oh, I say fantastic ish. That fantastic seven catch game in week two. But since then, we haven't really seen aggressive pass volume that we'd like to see out of somebody with that pass profile. Um, Any concerns around um, Jameer Gibbs and the upside that he has? Yeah, I guess the concern is that we might need negative game script from the Lions for Gibbs to really pay off and have a big game. And we kind of saw that with DeAndre Swift when he was with the Lions. Some of his biggest games were when the Lions were in catch-up mode and DeAndre Swift was getting double-digit targets. We haven't seen that. It's mostly been positive. The Lions have been playing with a lead for much of the season so far. So it's it's really been much more of a David Montgomery-friendly game script for the Lions. But Gibbs' usage has not been terrible for as much as his investors are complaining about it. Um, at least seven carries in every game, averaging four and a half targets a game. That, that's not bad. But um, the only issue is for this week, we talk about a negative game script being the key to Gibbs finally popping are we going to get that against the Panthers when the Lions are nine-point favorites? Perhaps not. So, um, yeah, Gibbs is a, a low-end RB2 for me this week, and maybe that's even a little aggressive. But um, as Billy said, like, we're buying into the talent still. Guys, I'm going to take us to the C-plus tier here. We've got Damian Pierce, Khalil Herbert coming off of that massive performance. He finally, well, you know, playing Denver, you're going to have a massive performance. But I finally got that nice breakout game with over 100 yards. We've also got Jonathan Taylor here and Miles Sanders coming off a little bit disappointing performance. He was dealing with that groin injury. But Jonathan Taylor is the guy that I want to pull out here for us to talk about. Um, Finally, be able to talk about Jonathan Taylor as a potential player, not as a potential not sit and trade and drama and Jim Irsay and everything that we've had to deal with over the past couple of months. Um, But ECR has him at RB26. It's reasonable expecting, you know, if this is his first game back, we're not 100% sure yet, but if this is his first game back, it's a reasonable expectation here. Pat, you've got him at RB25. Billy, you've got him at RB29. Pat, just um, just slightly higher around consensus. What are your thoughts and feelings towards Jonathan Taylor potential return this week? So what a fun week this is, Tara, by the way. The, the bye week's kicking in to uh, throw an extra challenge to us fantasy managers. And um, the return or possible return of Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, Jameson Williams. Um, so this is a lot of fun. As of this recording, midday Wednesday, we don't know whether Jonathan Taylor is going to play. They have officially opened the window for him to return. They have 21 days to activate him. But we don't know where he stands with his relationship with the team, if he's ready to bury the hatchet and come back right away. Um, but regardless of whether he plays this week, it's, it's probably an important conversation to have. Um, 
like, what do we expect in his first game back? And I, I don't think the Colts are going to overwork him when he comes back. I think it might be more of a, a 50-50 type of workload split with Taylor and Zach Moss, who's actually acquitted himself really well in Taylor's absence so far. I mean, they just, you know, cast Deion Jackson aside and playing Moss basically every offensive snap. Um, but if JT looks good right away, like it's the backfield is going to be his in this the second game he plays. So as for the matchup this week, if Taylor does play, yes, Tennessee is a really tough matchup. Titans have allowed the fourth fewest rushing yards to running backs and just 3.1 yards per carry to running backs. But I cannot wait to see what this offense looks like and what sort of plays the Colts can draw up with Shane Steichen, who has done really well with mobile quarterbacks so far. Putting linebackers in this nightmarish scenario where they have to figure out whether Anthony Richardson is keeping the ball or handing it off to Jonathan Taylor. I think that's going to spike Jonathan Taylor's rushing efficiency. Um, I, I just I can't wait to see what this looks like. And if I have Jonathan Taylor on my team, which I do, by the way, I've got him on quite a few teams, and he's active this week, I'm playing him. No hesitation. You mentioned um, you mentioned that uh, potential there for him to really break out with defenses having to decide who they're going to stop. And talking about Anthony Richardson here and the rushing touchdowns that he's had, do we have any concern that those rushing touchdowns are going to be hard to come by from Jonathan Taylor? His RB1 overall year was aggressively propped up by the rushing touchdowns that took him to that next level. Um, do you still think he's going to be able to get significant work at the goal line with Anthony Richardson, Pat? I think we'll see some of it, Tara. But yes, I mean, um, so far, Jonathan Taylor, that that big year he was playing with, what, Philip Rivers? Not exactly the rushing threat that Anthony Richardson is. So, um, yeah, I mean, like he'll poach some touchdowns from JT for sure. But uh, I, I think JT will more than make up for it with the rushing efficiency boost that he will get playing with Anthony Richardson. Billy, how are you feeling about Jonathan Taylor's potential return this week? Yeah, right now my ranking's a placeholder. I want to see what happens with with news this week, if he's going to be in or out. This is kind of a, a safe spot to place him, I think, currently. Uh, but if he is in, there is some questions. Like, as Pat mentioned, it's, it's, a, it's a tough matchup against the Titans. Um, not to mention, we touched base ba briefly on Anthony Richardson and his involvement in the rushing game, not only at the goal line, but just in general. Because um, the last time we saw Jonathan Taylor on the field, his opportunity share was nearing 70%, which was near the top of the league. And so he, he was seeing a 68.8% opportunity share, um, and he was averaging about 21 carries a game and I don't think that happens with Anthony Richardson when he's seeing somewhere you know last week he saw 10 10 rushing attempts and so um, this probably knocks Jonathan Taylor down to that like 16 range probably I'd say is a pretty safe bet um, and then you, you know bring in the red zone opportunity that Pat mentioned and and you have the rushing quarterback that can always steal the goal line touches at any given time as well um, so there is some question marks um, we also know that Anthony Richardson just isn't throwing the ball as much as other quarterbacks have in the past inside this offense and so that's going to affect his overall target share and, and, and the amount of times that he's going to be um, targeted inside of, of or through the air I should say and so I do have some questions um, in relation to Jonathan Taylor coming back um, if, if it is this week um, and then we also still have the contract dispute you know and and there's a lot of you know I know we we just talked about how it's not as to the forefront but John Taylor has still made it pretty clear he doesn't want to play for Jim Irsay and and the Colts and I think that you know Saquon Barkley's ankle injury kind of reinforces his belief that he doesn't want to step onto a field right now uh, when he has this contract in, in, in play. And so there is still that muddied situation that we have to keep an eye out for because it could keep him off the field, quite frankly. Um, and he could just decide that he doesn't want to play. He could come out and say, you know what? I know I'm off IR, but 
it just doesn't feel quite right. You know, we talked about the blue flu in the off season, uh, as, as Pat called it, which I loved, by the way. Um, and that blue flu could continue here in week five as his first week back from from IR. And so I don't have a strong um, take that he's going to play this week. And so I'm going to really, really be watching the uh, reports out of, out of out of out of his camp. Yeah, Billy, I think I, you know, I agree a lot with you. I kind of lean more towards that little bit worrisome in terms of, you know, the effect of Anthony Richardson there for Jonathan Taylor. Before we move on to the next tier, though, the NFL season is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that is even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week and score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener or sweeter offer every game day this October. Check out the lines and odds available on DraftKings from the Sportsbook app. You can find odds on players we're talking about right here, right now. Get in on the game. Game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code FANTASYPROS. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code FANTASYPROS on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas. Licensee partner Golden Nugget Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, guys, we're going to jump over here to the next tier. And this kind of is, like, this tier is jam-packed. We're going to kind of focus in on this tier right here, the C tier. Apparently, C's could get you degrees in this one. We will talk about this one here. We've got Najee Harris. We've got Tyler Algier. Which is interesting here because he's got a little boost up. We've seen not we've seen Bijan, you know, coming on very strong, being that top five back that we've loved. We've got Gus Edwards as well, dealing with competition in his backfield. Zach Moss again. We've talked about Jonathan Taylor, Jalen Warren, sitting there behind his fellow teammate Najee Harris. Jaleel McLaughlin is an exciting one for us to talk about. I didn't know we were going to get excited about a Denver running back, but here we are. And then AJ Dillon as well. All right, I'm going to start us off here. We're going to kind of pull out Gus Edwards for us to talk about. Um, ECR has him at RB28. Pat, you've got him at RB28. Billy, you've got him at RB35. I want to start off with you, Billy, because I'm not going to lie. I'm just going to preemptively say it here. I lean more towards the RB35 side on this one with you. Um, The Baltimore running game is always generally a concern for me because they're just so touchdown dependent. And we've got Lamar Jackson looking like vintage Lamar Jackson. What are your concerns, Billy, around Gus Edwards this week? Uh, Though the one, the first and foremost, uh, my boy Keaton Mitchell could possibly return this week. And I absolutely love this kid's tape. He's not big by any means. He's five foot eight, 179 pounds, but he is quick and really quick. Uh, when I was watching tape this off season, there was only one person that even came remotely um, close to 
Devon Achan and his speed, and that was Keaton Mitchell. And this is something that the Baltimore Ravens are missing. You know, he's at 4.37 speed, which is 99th percentile. Um, came out of East Carolina, where he was pretty productive. Uh, and, you know, he averaged 7.2 yards per carry in college, 94th percentile. So I really like the fact that he's back. Uh, I had him a lock to make the roster. I was really happy to see him make the roster. Really sad to see him go to IR at the beginning of the season. But he's coming back, and we've just seen this backfield have a lack of pizzazz, or I should say that 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 it factor, you know, because Gus Edwards, as we talked about on previous shows, is just kind of a plotter, um, kind of out here plowing it his way just down the middle. And, and they do need a grinding back to do something like that, but they're missing somebody in the passing game. They're missing somebody to run around the corner right now. Um, right now they have, you know, Drake and, and even Melvin Gordon, they've re-signed. That's how desperate they are at this position. And so um, I don't have a lot of faith in Gus Edwards in this offense right now. Um, and so I think that uh, RB 35 is about as high as I'd go. We've seen him kind of respectively finish as RB 45, RB 22 and RB 46. And so last week we only see him get 6.9 PPR points. And um, I'm just not entirely convicted by Gus Edwards. Pat, how about you? Is it maybe matchup here that's kind of um, putting him where he is at at ECR? Yeah, I mean, it's it's more usage, Tara. And I, I do recognize uh, Billy's point that, that Keith Mitchell could be the lower altitude version of Jaleel McLaughlin in Baltimore. Um, but in the three games since J.K. Dobbins tore his Achilles, Gus Edwards has had double-digit carries in each of those games. And last week with the Ravens leading the Browns all game long, um, Gus Foss played a season-high 69% of the offensive snaps and had a season-high 15 carries. And guess what? He actually had his first two catches of the year, which is pretty exciting. No targets his first three games, and then uh, three targets, two catches, but for just one yard. Hey, it, it's a start. Um, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I realize Gus Edwards is not an especially sexy start, and, uh, and especially if he start in PPR formats because of the non-usage in the passing game, but at least among the Baltimore running backs, I do think um, he's got the most secure workload. And I do think because of the way the Ravens want to play with all these wide receiver injuries, um, it, it's still running game first, even with Todd Monken at the controls in Baltimore. Not not quite as heavy on the run as the Greg Roman days, but um, they're still run first. And I think Edwards is playable against a Pittsburgh defense that has a lot of the second most rushing yards to running back so far. The next player that we want to pull out here and talk about is Najee Harris. ECR has him at RB29. Pat, you've got him at RB31. And Billy, you've got him at RB26. He is coming off, I want to say he's coming off, a, I guess we could call it a great game for Najee Harris. He did <laughs> finally see strong yards per carry, over five yards, just over five yards per carry. Did see the bulk of the carries. Again, the only thing there is those receptions went aggressively towards Jalen Warren. But it was good to finally see Najee Get that nice uptick on the ground there. So, um, Billy, I'll start off with you. Are you feeling? Uh, how are we feeling about Najee Harris? You're you're a little bit higher on Najee this week. Are you feeling the bounce back here coming off of that strongish or performance? Man, this is two weeks in a row I'm high on Najee. This doesn't look good. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not entirely confident about this. But it worked out <laughs> last week, I guess, against Houston, uh, where he he finished as RB17 and half PPR points. Uh, gets Baltimore this week. Um, it, it really breaks down to, I think, Kenny Pickett's health. And if, if we do not see Kenny Pickett, um, then I think that we're going to see a increased amount of workload for both these backs. I could see a shift in 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 kind of the the offense. We've seen a lot of heat coming right now through the offensive coordinator and the play calling here in Pittsburgh as well. And so I could see a scenario where maybe they are limiting 
Pickett, or if he doesn't play at all, then they're going to just lean into both these backs and they're going to utilize them not only in, in the passing game, but also just hammer the ground game. And so uh, this just breaks down to health of the quarterback, the overall situation that's happening this week in, in, in Pittsburgh. And I think we'll get more information and news as the week progresses. But as of right now, I'm leaning in that direction. Pat, how about you? Are you a little a little less confident in Najee? Is Jalen Warren a more of a factor for you? Well, Warren's a factor, but I think the bigger factor is just that the Steelers' offense appears broken right now, mm-hmm. and I don't really trust Matt Canada, their offensive coordinator, to fix it. Uh, blame Canada. The, the one thing that could potentially spike Najee's value this week is if the Steelers dial back on Jalen Warren's usage a little bit because of ball security issues. Um, it did have a fumble last week that the Steelers recovered. Also had another near fumble that Will Anderson, the Texans rookie, took back for a touchdown, but that was nullified because Warren was ruled down. So um, I can't imagine the Steelers were too pleased with Warren about that. And um, I don't know, even if Warren's usage is reduced as punishment, I'm I'm not really optimistic that Najee can have a big game against a good run defense. Like it, It took a matchup against the perennially soft Texans run defense just to get a decent game out of Najee last week. And the plowing of resources into the Steelers' offensive line in the offseason, I thought that was going to really pay dividends, has not so far. No discernible difference in the play of the offensive line. So, um, man, I'm just not really feeling it on Najee. Like, I'm, I'm kind of leaning against him in start-sit tiebreaker situations. Yeah, I can feel that. And my side note, um, side note related to the bringing up of Matt Canada, I cannot get enough of the Matt Canada memes that are going on right now. It is amazing if you were over there. And before I jump into uh, the next... Um, player that I know everyone is kind of clawing at the bits to talk about. And I know that everyone has questions about, I've seen like a thousand on Twitter. I'm going to talk about uh, game time. Is there a better sports month than October? Football is underway. The baseball postseason is here and new basketball and hockey seasons are upon us. While we love, 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 love watching all our favorite teams on television, there is nothing better than being at the game live and in person. And the best way to get tickets to any of these games is on Game Time, the official ticketing app of Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you peace of mind with your purchase. They let you see the view from your seat before you buy, so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Their all-in prices show your total upfront, so you know what you're getting. You know that you're getting a great deal without hidden fees. And it takes no time at all. You can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. So take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and redeem code FANTASYPROS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code FANTASYPROS. That's FANTASYPROS, all one word. For $20 off, download Game Time app, last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Jumping back into the tiers, I kind of tipped my hat a bit because I'm not going to lie, I'm excited. And I am excited to talk about Jaleel McLaughlin. I didn't think that I would be excited to talk about a Denver running back. And I'll admit that I was a little biased and a little bit frustrated early on when he was getting those goal line carries. And I was looking at Sean Payton like, what are you doing? But apparently maybe he kind of knew what he was doing and um, us fantasy football people wanting Javante Williams and Samaj P. Ryan to be great. Um... We didn't get what we wanted. Jaleel McLaughlin came out with one of the 
best, the best game by far of any Denver running back this season after Devontae Williams went down with an injury. ECR has him at RB33. Pat, you've got him at RB29. Billy, you've got him at RB31. I'm with you guys. Y'all are, you know, slightly above consensus on here. Want to be above consensus on this one because... Uh, you know, we don't know for sure about Javante at this point and whether or not he'll be available and the length of time for his injury. But the opportunity for Jaleel McLaughlin, even in a tough matchup, considering the way that he performed, you know, Pat, I'll, I'll go to you first. What do you think about it? I have to imagine the Broncos are going to play cautiously with Javante Williams, especially with him coming off the uh, ACL surgery. So Really would be surprised if he plays this week. And um, I'm not sure everyone knows that Jaleel McLaughlin is the all-time leading NCAA rusher if you don't limit it to just FBS schools because he had 8,166 rushing yards and 79 rushing touchdowns during a college career that took him from Notre Dame College in Cleveland, not the Fighting Irish, um, to Youngstown State. So Last week against the Bears, seven carries, 72 yards, uh, three catches for 32 yards and a touchdown for McLaughlin. Now, assuming the Broncos do keep Williams out, I think he's going to get pretty close to a 50-50 split with Samaj P. Ryan. And I have McLaughlin ranked ahead of P. Ryan because I think he is going to get uh, any of the running back targets that there are available. Like P. Ryan is just not explosive at all and, and not really an asset in the passing game. Um yeah, I mean, the record book doesn't lie. McLaughlin's pretty good at running the ball. He popped in the preseason. I think he's a viable running back to or flex play against the Jets, who I don't think the Broncos are going to want to challenge too much as far as uh, downfield passing. Like, that's that's not how you beat the Jets' defense. I think you have to play ball control, and hopefully McLaughlin plays into that. Makes sense. Billy, what are your thoughts? Man, Pat stole my gem of a stat for Jalil McLaughlin. I love this kid. Um he he's he's pretty dynamic. This is one of the guys that I just kind of stashed and drafted late in drafts across all my FFPC drafts. He was going rounds 18, 19, 20, like clockwork. And then all of a sudden he started jumping up into like rounds 13, 14, 15, the very, very end of the season. And so I stashed this kid for this purpose. Um, he's he's pretty explosive. And Pat mentioned about the, the, the targets. Uh, couldn't agree more. Uh, right now, Denver is... Uh, fourth in targets to the running back position at 33, only behind the the Raiders, the Panthers, and the Miami Dolphins, who are only one, two, and three spots higher or three total targets higher. So very close near the top of the list in terms of running back targets through the first four weeks. I think Jaleel is going to take over that role. Uh, this is a guy that in my preliminary rankings came in here, but this is someone who's probably going to be climbing as the week progresses, and I could see him probably finishing in that RB 25 to 26 range when everything's said and done. Makes sense. Moving on to the C minus tier. We have Samaj P. Ryan, who we just talked about, Rashawn Johnson, Tajay Spears, Chuba Hubbard, and Dalvin Cook. Uh, Chuba Hubbard is the one that I want to pull out here for us to talk about. It's very interesting because he was coming off of a stronger performance last week, but we do know that Miles Sanders was dealing with that groin injury and that could have affected it. But this is not the first time that he's cut into Miles Sanders work. This is a trend we've been seeing. So I want to see if you guys are thinking this, if this is a trend that continues. ECR has him at RB38. Pat, you've got him at RB36. Billy, you've got him at RB33. Billy, um, with you having him at RB33, let's let's talk about that. Are you feeling like this kind of is tilting? Is it more of concern around Miles Sanders and his injury? Or are you thinking that this backfield is going to be tilting more towards a more even split? 
It's more in concern to Miles Sanders and his health. I, I don't think they're going to rush him back. Uh, we've we've seen this offense kind of be dysfunctional. I don't think there's a need to to injure their running back any more than than what he's currently sitting at. Um, I also just mentioned the amount of targets that we've seen at the running back position, um, and we had Carolina sitting near the top of that list as well, above above even Denver that we just mentioned. And so um, Chuba Hubbard has been getting more and more involved, and so we saw him last week with 14 total attempts on the ground. We did see two two targets in the air he finished as um rb number 35 in half point ppr and so depending upon miles sanders health this week um, i want to see the official injury report and, and what's going on with that groin and what we can expect because uh, miles sanders last week definitely took a back seat you could tell it just wasn't quite right he's only saw 13 total rushing attempts only averaged uh, 1.5 yards on the ground um, just didn't have his normal explosiveness that he, that he has he did see three targets in the air so he still ate into that total touch for chuba but i do think that we're going to see a pretty similar workload this week if everything stays uh, consistent with the reports. Pat, how about you? Yeah, this is based on the assumption that Miles Sanders does play. I know there was some question about whether he'd play in week four. He did play, but clearly wasn't at, at full capacity. Yeah, normally I would expect this to be like a 60-40 split in favor of Sanders, but we sort of saw the opposite last week. It was 39 snaps for Chuba Hubbard, 31 for Miles Sanders, and Chuba outcarried Sanders 14-13. Um, Here's the thing, though. I mean, like, I'll certainly move up Hubbard if Sanders doesn't play, but the Lions are a really bad matchup for running backs now. Like, their run defense has become a problem for opposing running backs. They are allowing the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs and the second fewest rushing yards to running backs. Um, part of it is what we talked about earlier, the Lions constantly putting opponents in negative game scripts. Um, maybe Chuba could be somewhat immune to that since he does catch passes too, but Detroit's giving up 2.9 yards per carry to running backs. And, uh, oh, by the way, with the Lions a big favorite, we're probably not going to get a positive game script for the Panthers. Yeah, it's amazing how Detroit has literally transitioned that defense and improved it across the board. Fantastic investments that they made via free agency and the draft. Moving us on to the D-plus tier. It's a lonely tier with Ezekiel Elliott and Kenneth Gainwell. And then we've got the D tier. Antonio Gibson, Justice Hill, Cam Akers, Matt Breida, and Jarek McKinnon. You know, I want to talk real quick about Cam Akers because we've got him, you know, and we know that he is potentially going to get a continued shot in this backfield. And he looked good-ish in terms of statistics last week. Uh, we had the coaching staff say that they were going to ride the hot hand. Um, I don't know if technically they actually did ride the hot hand or not. Alexander Madison did end up with the higher workload. But just real quick, is, is Cam Akers somebody who – either one of you are willing to take a chance on. Pat, I'll start off with you. Yes, uh, because it seemed like going into week four, there was some risk of Madison maybe losing his job with the disappointment of uh, you know the first three weeks with him. But the Panthers run defense, a nice get well card for Alexander Madison, wound up having a pretty good game, kept his job. But I, I would still say there's a chance that Akers could push past him on the depth chart and uh, or at least make this more of a 50 50 backfield. So yeah, I'm interested in cam Akers. Billy, how about you? I think in desperation mode, uh, I, I do think he's going to get more up to speed and, and start taking on a little bit more of a role, but 
I do think that Alexander Madison was maybe being harshly criticized for his inefficiency to start the season. Uh, when you look at what happened, he, he faced Tampa in week one, which is a stout defense on the ground. He faced Philly week two, which is a, a stout defense altogether. And then finally had a good game against the Chargers last week again against Carolina. Um, and so we started to see him pick up in, in not only the attempts, but also just the efficiency because of the matchup base this week is Kansas City. And so I think that Madison's still the lead back. I think he's going to continue to kind of shine past projections just because of the matchups and people are, are kind of tainted by his first two week starts. And um, I do think though that Cam makers will probably get a, a couple more touches than, than what he saw last week. I think he saw five on the ground and two in the air. So we'll probably see him closer to that seven to 10 range on the ground and, and two or three in the air. Makes sense. All right. Our D minus tier is the last tier. It is Devin Singletary, Latavius Murray, Tank Bixby, Clyde Edwards, Alaire. Yeah. Talk about Tank Bixby for a second. This Jacksonville, offense has been a bit of an enigma in terms of trying to we've had Christian Kirk that's come on extremely strong Travis Etienne has been steady but we see things flipping back and forth um is is Tank Bigsby someone that maybe if we're not even using this week but someone who we think that we're still holding on to to offer value um uh, Pat is 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 Tank Bigsby someone that you're still looking towards or are you maybe ready to dump him off to the waivers what what are your feelings towards him yeah, I mean, people might be forced to make moves with the bye weeks coming up, uh, finding people they can play or whatever. So um, they might have not might not have a choice in the matter, but I would still try to hold him. I still think he's a valuable potential handcuff. We're just not going to get any standalone value right now. This is still Travis Etienne's backfield. Billy, how about you? Yeah, I'm not a believer in dropping handcuff running backs just because as soon as you do it, you see it every week. Someone gets injured, and then he's going for 40% of the fab on the waiver wire. And so whenever you have a direct handcuff in a clear situation like this, with especially with Tank Bigsby, um, you have to find another drop, whether it's going to be your wide receiver four or five, and, and they may be averaging more fantasy points per game right now, but Tank Bigsby, from a contingent value standpoint, has a lot more value than that wide receiver four or five. Before we move on to the next thing that we're going to talk about, if you want a chance to win a sign, Christian McCaffrey, San Francisco 49ers jersey, courtesy of bettingpros.com, your place to start betting smarter and not harder. You need to subscribe to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel right now. Comment below on this video and that's it. We will be announcing the winner right here on the channel. So make sure you turn on those notifications so you can be alerted when new episodes are up and to claim your prize. All right, we're going to round out this show with a fun Who Would You Rather segment. Oh, and this first one is, um, it's fun, painfully fun, maybe. Uh, it's Alexander Madison or Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson, who was rumored to be losing his role to Ezekiel Elliott. Well, the rumor turned out to be not true, but it didn't really matter because if you pulled him out of your fantasy lineups, you were happy. I know that I was. So who would you rather? Uh, Billy, who would you rather? Alexander Madison or Ramondre Stevenson? I guess I briefly touched base on this earlier, talking about Madison and and how he's kind of uh, been tossed into the, to the side, um, even though he had some, some tough early matchups. Love the matchup this week against Kansas City. This is one of the highest over-unders of the week. Um, we saw him be productive last week. We saw him productive against the Chargers. Again, just kind of tainted by that one-two week matchup against Tampa Bay and Philly. So I do think that I'd much rather have Madison this week, especially with that high over-under. I think we're going to see him in that 17 to 20 uh, rushing attempts. Uh, and because I think they're going to want to keep the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands and 
every time you see smart offenses do this, they they lean early on the rush to try to to try to keep the ball out of the Chiefs' hand. And so, um, if they do get behind, though, uh, Madison is also heavily involved inside of the passing game, where he has seen you know four targets week one, he saw six targets week two, seven in week three. Last week, he did not need to see a target because they were just able to run the ball. Uh, so only saw one last week. But if this is going to be a six or seven target game for Madison, that's going to prop up his his overall fantasy value as well. So love the matchup, love the the, the game script either way for Madison. And I think that um, he's a, a sneaky top 15 running back this week. Pat, Alexander Madison or Ramondre Stevenson? Oh, man, it always makes me so nervous to go against Billy because uh, he's so <laughs> sharp. But I'm going Ramondre here. Like, I know the Ramondre stakeholders are, are very frustrated right now, but the Ramondre malaise will not last. Um, and he will not lose his job to uh, Dusty Ezekiel Elliott. So Stevenson's just a far better player than Alexander Madison. Like I'm, I'm going, I'm letting talent guide me on this one. I think that does make sense. Uh, the next one right there of who would you rather? This one's a little bit more fun. We've got Damian Pierce, who is finally showing a little bit of light here after a very, very struggling start to the season. Or Samaje Pirine, who could have increased opportunity, perhaps having to share with Jaleel McLaughlin, who we talked about earlier. But Pat, I will start with you. Damian Pierce or Samaje Pirine? I know the efficiency has not been great or even uh, tolerable for Damian Pierce so far, but I think a lot of it has to do with all the injuries on the Houston offensive line. Having three starters on IR, didn't have Laramie Tunsil last week. Um, but now opponents have to show respect to C.J. Stroud, who has been phenomenal so far as a rookie. And I think that's going to give Pierce a little bit more running room in the weeks to come. And he started to get it going a little bit last week with 24 carries for 81 yards against the Steelers. Pierce is he's getting work every week, 16 carries a game, uh, getting some work as a pass catcher. Give me the clear lead back over the guy who's probably going to be in a timeshare with Chileo McLaughlin. Billy, how about you? Yeah, I agree with Pat on this one. Even though the matchup is horrible for Damian Pierce, Atlanta's given up the third fewest uh, points to the running back position on the season, but Damian Pierce is getting the volume. You know, 24 attempts last week, 14 to 15 the weeks before, and um, I just don't fully trust Pirine. He hasn't even seen that many attempts. He's only seen 18 attempts on the season so far, so I'm going to go with the lead back that's getting the volume over the part-time running back that's going to be splitting time with Jaleel. Wide receivers. Now, we've got our top 20 players, our top 20-ish players, our consensus rankings and tiers. You can find them over on fantasypros.com slash rankings, and you can go see the tiers on the video podcast at youtube.com slash fantasypros. All right, this covers a solid group, our top 20 here. Billy, I'm going to start off with you. What is there anything that really stands out here in the top 20 players for you? I'm going to go back to Puka Nakua again because um, we have the re- you know the possible return of Cooper Cup again, and um, this has been a guy who's been breaking records, shattering records left and right, and um, it, it's 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 been anything short of amazing that what he has done, um, but. This offense, like we mentioned in the running back podcast, is going to have a real different look when Cooper Cup returns. What is that going to look like? How much of how much are we going to see Cooper Cup take away from Pukunaku? Is he going to remain a back end wide receiver one? Are we going to see high end wide receiver two production? Um, there's a lot of questions to be answered um, because we know that Cooper Cup is uh, trusted by Stafford, and I'm not quite sure he plays this week because the, the reports out of out of out of camp this week were that uh, um, he's not quite there yet. At 80%. And um, if it's taken him, you know, four or 
plus weeks, five weeks now um, to get to close to 80% off a hamstring injury. I'm not quite certain that he's going to be there in the next three or four days. And so if he's not there, then I think Puka Nakua is probably inside the top eight again at the receiver position. Um, but if, if, if he is in, then it really changes the dynamic of this offense. And it's going to be one of those players going to be really hard to rank because we could see a target share just be completely you know, taken away from him based upon the chemistry that he has had with Cooper Cup. So much that could happen here. We might have to wait to see what's going to happen for Wing Cup returns. But yeah, I just Puka has been off to an incredible start. And Pat, what what stands out to you here? The rankings respect being afforded to three players. One is Puka, as as Billy just mentioned, and nice to see that he's still top ten, even with the possible threat of Cooper Cup returning and cutting into that target share a little. Um, Brandon Ayuk at wide receiver thirteen. I know it's a bye week, so players are getting pushed up in the rankings a little bit, but um, people are recognizing what a star Brandon Ayuk is turning into. This guy is just such a baller. I mean, um, runs great routes, tough after the catch, great at the catch point, uh, blocks his tail off, just all around terrific player. And then finally, one of my favorite low-key breakouts of 2023 so far, Nico Collins cracking the top 20 and uh you know i'm up here in big 10 country saw him a lot at michigan he flashed at michigan like there were times when it's like okay this guy could maybe be a, a decent nfl receiver but man he is playing so well right now um what a beast nico has turned into after the catch like he is just so hard to bring down once he has the ball in his hands and a uh, good route runner too i'm just sad i don't have nico on a single one of my teams i just I assumed that the Houston passing game would not be good enough to make Nico fantasy viable this year. And a uh, big whiff for me on that one. Yeah, I was heavy in Nico on best ball. And for some strange reason, that didn't translate to redraft. I don't know where the logic was in that, if it left me once I hit August. But hey, you know what? <laughs> I, take the, I take the best ball shares where I can get them. All right, guys. Again, for in-depth analysis on these players, go to fantasypros.com slash rankings. And for updated rankings, use our My Playbook app. Now we're going to go ahead and jump down into, we'll start off here with the B tier for guys that we're going to dive into. This is a good tier that we're going to go over and discuss multiple players in. We've got Gabe Davis coming off of like three touchdowns in a row, three straight games. Very, very unlike Gabe Davis. Maybe he has a new, new transition for Gabe Davis. The boom, boom, boom bus, particularly. Uh, Marquise Brown, we've got here as well, off to a strong performance. Christian Watson, who returned last week in limited workload. DeAndre Hopkins, Jacoby Myers, Adam Thielen, and then the Cooper Cup that we have talked about, the potential for him to return as well, closes out that tier. We're going to start off here talking about Gabe Davis. ECR has him at wide receiver 24. Pat, you've got him at wide receiver 25. Billy, you've got him at wide receiver 39. So you're in the, yes, we've got boom, boom, boom. And this is the bust game, according to Billy, right here for Gabe Davis. Billy, talk to us first about this. You know, I was talking with Pat off air about Gabe Davis. This is just one of the guys that's very, very hard to rank and project based upon the analytics because he's only seeing about 14% of the target share on the season. We've seen week one, he only had 10%. Week two, he spiked to 20%. But we've seen 14% in week three, 
13% in week four. Um, routes ran last week was actually his lowest routes ran at 76%. And so uh, analytically, very hard to project, but his touchdown rate is just extremely high is what it is. And so um, anytime you have a player like this, it can completely demolish your projection model. And it's one of those guys that every single week, it's literally one of the top three players that I circle every single week and look at it and say, is this right? And I have to kind of take a, a, a different approach than just analytics to it. I have to look at the matchup. I have to take a look at the cornerbacks that are in. I got to take a look up at what they've given out, out that the opposing defense has given up to the receiver out wide versus in line. And then I got to manually adjust it because it's just analytically, it just breaks my model. And so I'm not comfortable where I have Gabe Davis right now. Like I was telling Pat, like last week it came in, like why does he were 44 to begin with? And I adjusted manually and adjusted up and I got him to close to the wide receiver 30 and still was like, man, this is either going to, really hurt me still or it's going to pay off and it, it hurt me again and so i think that um we're looking at a similar week this week jaguars aren't necessarily pushovers at the position um and so they do give up more points out wide than in line so this could be a gabe davis week versus a stefan diggs week and so i'm going to be manually adjusting this number up i don't know where it's going to going to finish quite frankly right now but i'm going to say it's going to be closer to to the ecr number than where i'm currently at Pat, you've got him at wide receiver 25. What are your thoughts around Gabe Davis? Yeah, well, I guess we know Billy is going to be uh, cheering against Gabe Davis this week and, and sticking pins in his Gabe Davis voodoo doll. Um, <laughs> but I like I totally get where Billy is coming from on this one. Like I generally do not like to draft or give a lot of rankings respect to players with this sort of profile. The guys who are uh, derive so much of their fantasy value from big plays and do not have stable target shares, which is uh, Gabe Davis to a T. Um, but if I am going to bet on those types of players, I want them to be uh, receivers and explosive offenses. Check with Gabe Davis. Um, I want them to be guys who hit on those big plays pretty frequently. Check. I think since December of 2021, Gabe Davis has scored 20 touchdowns in his last 28 games, um, playoffs included. I realize the target totals for Gabe Davis do not justify this sort of rankings optimism with me having him just outside of wide receiver two range, but I am willing to live with the risk of a bad game uh, for a player who taps into his upside as often as Gabe Davis does. I, I get that. And then, you know, maybe that's a perfect transition to the next player that we're going to talk about within the same tier. It's a kind of a boom bust type of tier that we've got here. Christian Watson, kind of that same, you talked about that profile of the type of player that Gabe Davis is. Now, granted, we saw a nice string there um, last season for Christian Watson, where he had incredible production, but he does kind of profile as that same boom bust type of player. We have Romeo Dobbs, who I was shocked. Um, I do a, a waiver wire video, top 10 waiver wire video for fantasy pros every uh, Monday. And as I was making it, and I'm going through and looking at players, I was shocked at how low rostered Romeo Dobbs was. I didn't think he would qualify for the list, but he actually did. Because um, I guess maybe people believe so heavily in Christian Watson. But Romeo Dobbs has been averaging. I mean, he's had three 18 fantasy point games. And we've got Christian Watson coming off of this limited performance where he did get the touchdown. But again, we've got a guy who, much like Gabe Davis, is that boom bust needs a touchdown kind of profile. ECR has him at wide receiver 26. Pat, you've got him at wide receiver 31. 
Billy, you've got him at wide receiver 39 or 29. So, I mean, we're kind of congruent here on this kind of thought process as well with Christian Watson still working back off of that injury and that boom bust profile that he's got right there. Um, Pat, I'm going to start off with you. What are, what are your concerns around Christian Watson? Um, Romeo Dobbs, Tara. Uh, that, that's a big concern. Like you hit on it. Dobbs had nine catches for 95 yards on 13 targets last week against the Lions. Uh, 25 targets for Dobbs over his last two games. And the Packers have some good pass catchers elsewhere, too, with uh, the two rookies, Jaden Reed and Luke Musgrave. So, um, like, I can't get Watson any higher than mid-range wide receiver three in my rankings. I, I do expect a heartier snap share for him this week. He only played 46% of the Packers' offensive snaps last week. And, and Tara, as a fellow Packers fan, you know the Packers are really conservative when it comes to injuries, when they bring their guys back, how much work they give them upon their returns. And we saw that with both Christian Watson and Aaron Jones last week as, uh, you know, their roles were sort of curtailed in their first games back from hamstring injuries. I do think Watson will play more. And, um, you know, like this guy's a touchdown score. We, we saw him save what could have been a disastrous day for his fantasy investors, or at least the ones who chose to start him last week with a short, late touchdown catch that um, kept him from having a really poor fantasy day. But, um, man, touchdown dependence and not knowing quite what the target share is going to be, that's the uncertainty with Watson this week. That's why I'm not all that high on him. Billy, how about you? It's another one of those players that's very hard to project. Um, this is exactly what uh, Pat just said. It's kind of like a Gabe Davis 2.0, but not on as good of an offense. But the Packers have been uh, surprisingly uh, uh, efficient this this point of the, the season. So I think Watson does see more snaps. Um, I think he's going to see um, a lot more workload. Uh, very accurate when Pat talked about the conservativeness of the Packers. And I think that um, they start to ease him back in as the weeks continue, um, as long as there's no setbacks in practice. Practice. And so uh, we did see a 12% target share last week. He only ran 48% of routes. I think we can consider that closer to 70% in the route department, probably get more of the 18% target rate. I do think that Romeo Dobbs is probably the number one until further notice, at least until Christian Watson is um, – I think kind of clear of, of the injury and I don't think we're clear yet in terms of Packers uh, logic. And so Dobbs has been really, really, really efficient. We've seen him with three, top 13 finishes inside of half PPR. He's only had one week outside and that was wide receiver 80 in week two, but he was wide receiver 10 in week one, wide receiver 13 in week three, wide receiver 13 in week four. So um, very efficient, has been seeing the bulk of the, of, of the targets and has been capitalizing on the absence of Christian Watson. Um, and I don't think that that's just going to disappear when Watson returns to a full capacity. I am with you guys. Before we jump into our final player within this tier, I said it was a jam-packed tier, so we've got one more to go through. Fall is officially here, and that means it's my favorite time of year, time for tailgating, and the only thing that is better than tailgating is tailgating with Miller Lite. Miller Lite is the 96-calorie beer that tastes like beer and is perfectly brewed for everything fall has to offer. Miller Lite is the perfect light beer for all beer lovers. As soon as you take a sip, that day, the food, the conversation with friends, it just gets instantly better. Whether you're at a game or watching the game at home, live those autumn moments with Miller Lite and let the great taste of Miller Lite hit your taste buds so hard you feel it in your heart. With a Miller Lite in your hand, autumn doesn't just taste great, it tastes like Miller time. 
to get Miller Lite delivered right to your door. Visit MillerLite.com slash Fantasy Pros. That's MillerLite.com slash Fantasy Pros. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. All right, guys, we are going to jump back in here with the final player that we're going to talk about in this tier, Jacoby Myers. ECR has him at wide receiver 28. Pat, you've got him at wide receiver 38. Billy, you've got him at wide receiver 33. He is coming off of that poor game, unfortunately, where he just didn't connect with Aiden O'Connell. Pat, we'll start off with you. What are the problems that you have with Jacoby Myers? Um, yeah, so first of all, Tara, let me preface this by saying I, I do like Jacoby Myers. Um, not trying to bag on him who he is as a player, and I remember his his rookie year seeing him in the preseason and being like, wow, who is this guy? Um, but I think expectations have kind of gotten out of line for Jacoby Myers. Uh, two touchdowns in week one, that that's part of it for sure. Uh, 16 catches for 166 yards over his first two games. What I think people are forgetting is that Myers has never, ever been a big play guy. And we used to know Jacoby Myers as the man who was incapable of scoring a touchdown. He had that uh, ridiculous streak of games without a touchdown. Finally ended it and has been getting into the end zone a little more regularly, but still 10 touchdowns in 63 career games regular season. Um, With that sort of production profile... Not a lot of big plays, not a lot of touchdowns. You need heavy target volume to be a useful fantasy asset. And Myers got that in his first two games, but let's not forget that he is sharing a field with Devontae Adams, one of the most prolific target hogs in the NFL. Uh, There are going to be weeks when the target volume just isn't there for Jacoby Myers. That's my fear with him. Billy, do you share those same concerns? I share some of the same concerns. I think it just depends upon who's a quarterback as well, because when we saw uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in, this was probably the the clearest target trade there was in the NFL between Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, and of course, Josh Jacobs. Um, if we can see that clear of a trade week to week with with uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in, then I think that that's going to prop up Jacoby Myers' fantasy value because he probably is going to see that uh, close to 10 target per game we saw 10 in week one 12 in week three last week Aiden O'Connell only saw four so just wasn't the chemistry to to kind of piggyback off what Pat said um that being said I I do think that um it's very dependent on on the quarterback situation um but let's let's not forget they're facing Green Bay this week and um they have um Devontae Adams who's going to be probably getting a lot of Jerry Alexander treatment um, and I, I do think that um, we're probably going to open up the field a little bit more for Jacoby Myers. So uh, we'll watch the camp reports, we'll watch news coming out of of, uh, of the Raiders and see if if um, Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy or not healthy this week. Because um, if it's Aiden O'Connell, then this, this number is going to definitely go down towards closer towards Pat. Mm, yeah, I think all of that makes sense. We'll move on to our next tier, the B minus tier. We've got Tank Dell. Coming off of a disappointing game where he took a backseat to Nico Collins. We'll see if he can bounce back here. Cortland Sutton, Romeo Dobbs, who we talked about in detail when we talked about Christian Watson, Jordan Addison, and Tutu Atwell. I want to stop here quickly at Jordan Addison. If I recall correctly, both of you were lower than consensus on Jordan Addison. And it turns out you could have been even lower, like at the very bottom, unfortunately, because Jordan Addison, that is where he was. Um, Pat, real quick, um, Jordan Jordan Addison, you know, I I assume we're expecting some kind of bounce back here from zero, but 
to what level are we kind of expecting for him? Yeah, good player, but the thing is he is still playing behind K.J. Osborne, not being on the field in two receiver sets. So he's playing in three receiver sets. It just means he's playing, you know, getting snap shares in the 60 to 70% range as opposed to the 85, 90% range. So it's going to chip away at his upside a little bit. Um, Still a really good player. I, I still think he's like a wide receiver three flex consideration every week. But until we see Addison supplant KJ Osborne in two receiver sets, and I think he should, He's the better player, but until we see that, um, I'm going to be a little cautious with the rankings for him. I think that makes sense. Billy, how about you? Yeah, Addison is definitely playing only in three or zero sets. 75% of routes on the season where Osborne's seen 94, Justin Jefferson's seen 99. Uh, isn't getting the target share that we would hope for out of him either. Uh, 13% on the season. He only saw 6% last week. Um, but this week is, if there's going to be a week where he's going to score or potentially have more targets, it's going to be this week against Kansas City. And so we have, of course, the, the one of the highest over-unders of the week. I think it is the highest over-under at 52. Uh, so implied total for Minnesota and I was at 23 and a quarter. Um, and so I do think that we're going to see um, a pretty high scoring game. And this could be another touchdown game for Jordan Addison as the t- target uh, on the field is going to be Justin Jefferson from a defensive standpoint. Moving on to the C plus tier, we've got Jerry Judy, Jahan Dotson. Michael Thomas and Drake London. It's kind of, it's a ho-hum tier right here. I want to pull out for just one quick second for us to discuss Drake London, who was saved by a touchdown, Uh, but it's just so tough with that Atlanta offense. You want to lean into Drake London and the talent, but it's so difficult to trust him and the level of volume that we're getting out of Desmond Ritter. Um, Billy, do you have any kind of trust level with Drake London at this point? I don't have any trust with anybody in Atlanta right now. It's just Arthur Smith is just maddening as a coach. Uh, just, just not utilizing anyone. Ritter doesn't look good. Uh, we're seeing you know the fewest attempts inside the league, and so it's 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 pretty it's 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 a pretty tough situation, especially from a projection standpoint because we just don't know. We're relying on touchdowns right now with one of the lowest touchdown rates um, in, out there in the league right now, and so London. Is a guy, talent-wise, should should be a, like a top 25, 26 receiver every single week. But based upon the situation that we're in right now, it's hard to get him inside the top 40. Um, the matchup isn't great either. So Houston is 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 pretty stout this year. We're giving up the fourth fewest fantasy points to the wide receiver, and they're even um, more stouts against receivers out wide where we see uh, London operate for the most part. So I have a lot of concerns this week about Drake London. Uh, the touchdown got me last week though, because if he didn't get that touchdown, he's outside the top 50 of the position. And I had him at like wide receiver 44. He finished his wide receiver 31 and, and half point PPR just because of that touchdown. And uh, we'll see what he does this week, but not looking promising for Drake London. Pat, how about you? Are you trusting Drake London? Oh, um, Admittedly, it is hard to, Tara, with a, an offense as, as run-heavy as the Falcons are, and uh, when the target delivery mechanism is Desmond Ritter, that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence. I know as a heavy London investor, I'm kind of hoping Taylor Heineke gets his shot here. Um and here's the thing, like the Texans have a run funnel defense, like their their run defense is always so perennially bad. That's part of, I, I think that's more 
why they look good sometimes against the pass is simply the teams just don't choose to throw against him that much. And uh, it's not like you have to invite Arthur Smith to have a run heavy game plan. So uh, I don't know, we could see like a 60 40 run pass split this week for the Falcons, if not higher, but I'm always going to be above ECR. I think on London, just because I'm such a big believer in the talent. Um, Maybe he doesn't always get the targets we think he deserves, but man, uh, this is a guy who had 72 catches as a 21 year old rookie. And um, for a guy, a talented young man like this to just ball out at such an early age, I'm going to keep betting on the talent here and hoping it gets better than 31 and a half receiving yards per game. And, uh, you know, it was better than that last year. I'm hoping they can at least get London's target share back to what it was last year. Yeah, you're right. It was better. Um, we expect a little bit more, especially with that tiny sample size we had of Desmond Ritter. I feel like we got bamboozled just a little bit there. Uh, moving on to the C tier, ton of players in here. We've got Jaden Reed, who obviously we talked about when we were talking about Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. We've got Rasheed Rice, another rookie coming on a little bit strong, getting pushed up a little bit here. Michael Wilson, another rookie. Rashid Shahid, always a deep threat. Tyler Boyd potentially stepping up here with T. Higgins dealing with a rib injury. We'll have to wait and see on that one. Josh Downs, Sky Moore and Robert Woods closing it out. I, I want to talk here for a second about Michael Wilson, and we'll just do this real quick here. Um, Michael Wilson coming off this breakout rookie performance here. Two touchdowns. Receptions were strong. Caught all of them. Seven for seven. Yardage was good. I mean, this was wonderful to see out of him. Joshua Dobbs performing um, at a strong level. And this is, you know, fantastic to see out of him. And he's now pushed up into the C tier. Uh, uh, the question I want to ask here, and I'll start off with you, Billy. Do you believe that has has he surpassed, like, by clear, no questions, has he surpassed Rondell Morphy? Or are you officially seeing him as the wide receiver too in this offense? I see them as like 2A, 2B. I don't think we can officially say he's the number two. Um, he pretty much just matched his season totals last week and just week four. It's one of those weeks where uh, the defensive attention was elsewhere and he just happened to be the open man on the field based upon coverages. So I'm not entirely convinced that Michael Wilson, this is what we're going to see moving forward. Uh, it's one of those games that people will probably chase all year from Michael Wilson, hoping to get it again. And I'm not quite certain it happens. Yeah. Pat, how about you? I understand Billy's reservations. Um, I, I do think they have incentive to try to keep Michael Wilson on the field since he is one of their, he's a, a big receiver. They don't really have that with Marquise Brown and with Rondale Moore. Um, he gives them size. And it's funny, if you look at the college profile, um, Michael Wilson and Puka Nakua are pretty similar. Guys who really impressed and put some good stuff on tape when they weren't hurt. Both guys were hurt a lot in college, and um, I, th I think it sort of surprised people that Michael Wilson was drafted as early as he was. Some people maybe thought he was going to be like a seventh round type. Um, so I like him, but I do think there are limitations to um, the Arizona passing game that make him a very nervy start in fantasy. I lie somewhere in between you guys. I, I I won't ignore the rookie breakout. He's someone that I want to grab or was hoping tried to grab off of waivers. At the same time, uh, Marquise Brown it still, it still appears to be the alpha in that offense. Did have the higher target share there. And, um, you know, we're just hoping that Michael Wilson can kind of push himself forward. Very, very intriguing player. Moving on to the C- tier there. We've got Brandon Cooks, Josh Reynolds... 
Kendrick Bourne, Brad, Josh Reynolds potentially having to deal with Jamison Williams coming back. DJ Chark, Curtis Samuel, who had a strong game last week. Marvin Mims, KJ Osborne, who we talked about a little bit when discussing Jordan Addison. Darius Slayton and Michael Gallup. Uh, I want to touch here real quick on Marvin Mims. He is someone that if you just look across, across Twitter, everybody is discussing. They want to talk about Marvin Mims and the output that he's been having. And in his limitations, do we realistically, Pat, I'll start off with you. Do we realistically think that they're, that Sean Payton is going to adjust and allow Marvin Mims anytime in the near future to have a higher um, snap count and higher target share within this offense. He has popped, but it's just so difficult to trust somebody with such a low usage rate. I know. And I hope that changes Tara, because I'm sick of telling people, no, you, you can't start Marvin Mims right now. He's run like 43 routes in the first four weeks. Um, but you know, he's got these efficiency numbers that, um, put like Jerry Rice to shame. Um, so like whenever, whenever he's getting targeted, he's making plays, but, um, like you just can't trust it with the usage. So yes, I would like to see him become at least a regular in three receiver sets. Stop playing Brandon Johnson. Stop playing little Jordan Humphrey. Uh, just get Marvin Mims on the field more often and let him do his thing. Little Jordan Humphrey. <laughs> Billy, how about you? Are we are we thinking that we'll see anything from Marvin Mims or is this just a hold situation here? You know, the analytics show that we did see a small shift and change in terms of three wide receiver sets last week. Prior to last week, we were seeing Brandon Johnson run close to 60% of the routes. He only ran 39% of the routes. Uh, little Jordan Humphrey was about 23% of the routes, where he started off at 68 and so kind of started tapering down from there from week one. Mim saw a season high 39% of routes last week from 28 and 14% in the previous weeks. Um, he is seeing a uh, target per route run rate of 28%, which is, uh, which is, which is, which is good. It's actually the highest of the team. Um, the unfortunate piece is he's only seen 8% targets uh, in week four. He saw 15% week three and 8% again in week two. So if we can just get some more targets here, this is the kind of guy that's going to be uh, consistently inside the top 40 at the position, but it's just, uh, it's one of those things that it's going to take time. He's got to earn the role. Uh, he's got to show consistency and probably win at the little things on the, on the team. Um, and the team is pretty clearly favored Cortland Sutton here throughout the season and that X receiver role in the Lombardi, uh, offense. So I do think that, uh, Mims has earned more snaps and think he's definitely seen more snaps, but, um, it's not as soon or as quick as we'd like it to be. Moving on to the D plus here, Devontae Parker, Darnell Mooney, and the D tier, Wandell Robinson, who returned ish. A nice little game there in the in the chaos of the New York Giants. Marquez Valdez Scantling, Calvin Austin, Kadarius Tony, Nick Westbrook Akina, who stepped up a little bit in the absence of Traylon Burks. Nelson Aguilar stepping up with the absence of Odell Beckham Jr. and Rashad Bateman. And then Rondell Moore, who we talked a little bit when we discussed Michael Wilson earlier. Um, I want to touch here real quick on Wandale Robinson. Uh, we saw him pop briefly, briefly last year before, again, you know, suffered with injuries. It's been something that he's dealing with off and on. But as long as he's on the field, do you guys kind of see any potential for him to not to be not to put any faith in the Giants offense? But if there was anybody who was potentially going to slide into a wide receiver one role here, could it be Wandale? Billy? Yeah, so... <sighs> 
now I know why the Giants had like 14 slot receivers because they knew their <laughs> offensive line was going to be this bad and they weren't going to be able to, you know, <laughs> let routes develop and get down the field. Um, but Wandale, you know, quietly came in last week and ran 63% of routes. He saw 20% target share. Um, in terms of his efficiency, I mean, that's almost 3x what he ran in week three. So uh, he's clearly healthy. I think they're trusting it more here in the second week. Um, and we're going to see what that looks like in, in, in week five now. But um, ADOT at 2.33. So this is going to help him in the in this category when this offense line is getting ran over like it did last week. Um, and they're going to be able to get him the ball quickly and let him, you know, operate with his, uh, his quickness and get his yards after the catch. So um, it's definitely somebody... I I think is going to emerge as the wide receiver one of this offense, just because we have just, it's, it's a hodgepodge mix of receivers, you know, Jalen Hyatt really hasn't seen the field much. Paris Campbell hasn't done much with the touches he's had. Isaiah Hodgins hasn't done much. Darius Slayton has done much. Even, I mean, even Darren Waller has done much. Pretty much the entire Giants offense hasn't done much. So it's not saying much when I say that Wondell Robinson will probably emerge as the wide receiver one. What does that mean on a week to week basis? It's not somebody that you can fully trust, but at least if he can get the targets to somebody that we can slide in the flex position. Makes perfect sense to me. Pat, how about you? Billy totally nailed it. Um, yeah, Wandale Robinson, he is going to be the best friend of a quarterback under duress because he is quick as a hiccup and can get open fast off the line of scrimmage. And I think we're going to see a lot of those little uh, short area passes to him. Billy mentioned the low average depth of target. Um, look, I mean, I want to see Jalen Hyatt play more for the Giants too, but uh, really, like, is Daniel Jones going to have time to find Jalen Hyatt on those uh, deep routes that are Jalen Hyatt's specialty? I don't think so. So um, Wandale does seem like he's going to have the most value of any Giants receiver going forward, which still isn't saying much, but, um, you know, it might make him at least a, a flex-worthy play as we move through the bye weeks. Oh, the troubles of the Giants offensive line driving us all crazy. All right, we're going to move on to another segment here. We're going to talk another who would you rather. And I like this one right here because this first one is two guys who the fantasy community just looks at and just, you know, Cortland Sutton, Marquise Brown. We don't want to buy into either one of them, but they are two guys who have been performing above expectations, performing above their ADP. So who would you rather? This is a good one here. Uh, Pat, Cortland Sutton or Marquise Brown? Pretty close call between guys who've been returning like wide receiver two value. Um, I'm going to go with Hollywood Brown just because I think he has slightly more target security. I think with Denver, you're going to get Jerry Judy weeks. You're going to get Cortland Sutton weeks. You're going to get the occasional Marvin Mims week. Um, but I, I think Marquise Brown is going to be a pretty consistent part of the Cardinals game plan. And I think he's the more explosive playmaker than Cortland Sutton. Billy, how about you? Yeah, I have these guys really close inside the the projections model. I probably lead Marquise Brown this week. I always when we're this close, I usually flip a coin and and go with um, either fate or the matchup. Um, and this week, the matchup overrules faith because um, we have um, Sauce Gardner, who's probably going to see some Cortland Sutton this week. And and this 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 I don't really agree with over under on this game. Um, I could see this game being a pretty low shootout. We just saw the Jets limit uh, Kansas City. I don't think that Russell. Wilson is going to uh, really overcome this this defense as much as the books are, are leaning on to be. So Marquise Brown for me, slight lean, but it is very close. 
We are a three for three with Marquise Brown. Now this next one, Jordan Addison or Tutu Atwell. This one is an interesting one. We talked about Jordan Addison earlier and then Tutu Atwell again. This one is, you know, we've got slightly, you know, concerns and whether or not Cooper Cup is going to come back. And obviously that would impact um, this question right here. But let's assume that Cooper Cup gets one more week to heal that hamstring up. And this is Tutu Atwell as the wide receiver too. Are we, who would we rather? Billy, I'll start off with you. Jordan Addison or Tutu Atwell? I, as good as Tutu Atwell has been, even if there's no Cooper Cup, it, we do have Philadelphia this week, which is a very tough matchup. Uh, Jordan Addison, as we just discussed, has been pretty inconsistent and frustrating at times, but I love the over-under, love the matchup this week. So I'm going to go Jordan Addison against the Chiefs um, just because I do think we're going to see a lot more three wide receiver sets this 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 given matchup. So I lean Jordan Addison. It's very close for me, um, but I, I do think that the Philadelphia defense is pretty stout pat jordan addison or tutu atwell billy framed it well it's matchup edge for addison usage edge for tutu atwell i've got atwell by a nose but i would pivot to addison if we get news that cooper cup is going to play and isn't on any sort of snap count again no debate here. I'm with you guys. Same reasoning there. I, you know, Tutu Atwell, think he could have the higher target share, but again, just probably Jordan Addison, the safer pick there, giving the matchup. All right. And we're going to do a uh, flex questions, Billy, Pat, I'm going to give you three players who fall into the flex zone. How would you order these three players? So we're helping out fantasy managers with those flex decisions because those are always the difficult ones there, trying to decide if you're going with the running back or the wide receiver or maybe even a tight end here. We'll start off with the first one here. Miles Sanders versus DeAndre Hopkins versus Romeo Dobbs. Pat, I'll start off with you. Oh, man. Um I'm going to take Sanders out of consideration because of the groin injury and that tough matchup against the Lions who become so tough against the run. I like Hopkins a little more than Dobbs. I know Hopkins investors are really frustrated right now, but, um, you know, not, not the best ecosystem for DeAndre Hopkins to be playing in, but I think he could absolutely smoke those young indie cornerbacks this week. So, um, yeah, Edge to edge to hop over dubs this week. Mm, that is a tough one there. I've been debating with myself in terms of how much we can trust. You mentioned those cornerbacks for Indianapolis. It's been a tough one trying to figure out how much we can trust the Andre Hopkins. It's a good matchup, but it's just so given the way that the Tennessee offense has gone. And they did find, again, their run game a little bit more with the strong game from Derrick Henry last week. So this one is a tough one for me. Um, Billy, I want before I give mine, I want you to give me yours. Who, who are you going with? What, what's, uh, what's the order for these three players for you? Yeah, it's it's actually very close. I, I agree with Pat. Sanders is off the table here. It's it's clearly between Dobbs and Hopkins, and I know Hopkins hasn't been what we expected him to be. And this Tennessee offense has been struggling to move the ball down the field from from a passing perspective. But um, news reports today is that uh, Traylon Burks did not practice again. So if he remains out, I would probably say Hopkins again pretty clearly. Um, but I do think that uh, he's not 100%. He's still working off that ankle injury. Um, and so that's why we've seen him you know, a, a bit kind of lacklustering inside of the uh, efficiency department. Um, I, I lean Hopkins ever so slightly, but uh, it is I would not argue if somebody wanted to start Romeo here. Okay, so you won't feel bad if I say Romeo Dobbs, then DeAndre Hopkins is how I would do it. I appreciate that. 
because I think that is the direction that I will go. <laughs> All right, this next one here, AJ Dillon versus Tyler Boyd versus Dallas Goddard. This one is an intriguing one here. I love how we're touching on these Packers players twice here. I know Pat's loving that. We wish maybe it was someone other than AJ Dillon, but here we go. Um, Philly, let's see. AJ Dillon versus Tyler Boyd versus Dallas Goddard. How, how are you ranking these players? I don't even know if Dylan is startable anymore. It's <laughs> he has been ex- extremely frustrating. Um, so he's off the table altogether for me. He's had he only had 11 yards last week. He saw 30. He has his season higher right now is 55 yards on the ground. And so I am just removing AJ Dylan out of my lineups altogether until further notice. Um, so this one is pretty clearly between the re- uh, the receiver here. And I think I'm going to lean pretty pretty clearly Tyler Boyd. Um, Tyler Boyd is probably going to see a significant increase in target share because T Higgins did not practice this week with that rib injury Uh, reports where he couldn't even lay down after the game. And so this type of injury is painful. Uh, It'd be hard to get his arms up and catch a ball. And if he gets hit again, anytime he could possibly leave the field. So Tyler Boyd pretty clearly for me. And if we do have no T Higgins, Tyler Boyd could pretty sneakily be inside the top 24 for position. Pat, how about you? How are you ranking these guys? I'm with Billy on Dylan. Um, I, I think he's unplayable right now, and it looks like he's running in quicksand whenever he gets a handoff. Um, but I'm going to go the other way. I'm going with the tight end here. And I know Goddard has been frustrating so far and so frustrating that, you know, Nick Sirianni is having to come out to the media and, media and reassure them that they know that Dallas Goddard is still on the team and they haven't forgotten about him and that he's going to be more involved going forward. But I just think the Cincinnati passing game has been such a mess. And even though I do believe T Higgins is probably going to be out this week, like there were some times last year when one of the starting receivers for the Bengals was hurt and Tyler Boyd saw an expanded role and and didn't really do a lot with it. Didn't really, um, you know, have the splash game we were hoping for really good player, but I just don't want to, I don't want to invest in the Bengals passing game right now. So I'm going to go with Goddard. I love this because, you know, a lot of times people say, you know, you lean, you automatically lean towards the wide receiver, but the tight ends can have value here too and be the better start. You bring up a really good point about Cincinnati. He could be the wide receiver too, but at this point with the way that Joe Burrow is playing, struggling through that injury, there might not be a lot of value in that wide receiver two position. Uh, I still lean towards ranking this with Tyler Boyd and Dallas Goddard after that. And I am with you guys on AJ Dillon. I do a cut video for the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel later in the week. You guys should check that out. Um, spoiler alert, AJ Dillon will in fact be on that list. <laughs> so I am 110% with you guys. The quicksand comment was incredibly incredibly accurate all right that wraps things up for our weekly ranking show for wide receivers if you want to see more advice from pat and check out his rankings just go to fantasypros.com slash fits you can find us on twitter you can find me at it's sarah time you can find billy at ff musio you can also check out his work be sure to check it out on player profiler tons of great content over there and then you can find pat as well on twitter at fits underscore ff All right. If you guys have any questions about lineups or trades or anything, obviously you can go to the Fantasy Pros YouTube channel every single Thursday, 3 p.m. EST, 12 p.m. PST, taking your questions. That wraps things up for us, guys. For Pat Fitzmorris, for Billy Muzio, I'm Tara Roberts. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Fantasy Football Podcast. Follow us on X, Instagram, and TikTok at Fantasy Pros, and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary.